in this digital age, we didn't often stop and think about a thing called a photocopier. But back in the early uh, 1600s, when photocopiers were a thing, I remember one of the key concepts about having a photocopier was don't photocopy a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy because you lose clarity, detail, and actually it's almost unrecognisable by the time you get through with it. So I'm just wondering, what if I'm a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy? Kia welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. My name is Tuari Dawson and for the last four and a half decades I have practiced the martial arts in both the indigenous Māori traditions of Aotearoa, my home, and in the wonderful arts of karate, kobudo and jiu-jitsu. But more than that, I am a fan of all martial arts and martial artists. So here are some of my own thoughts on the subject, as well as interviews with some great sensei and instructors from around the world. And lastly, it's something of a cliche I know, but do me a favour and click the link in the description for our merch shop, as well as other ways to support the podcast. It really does help. Also, check out our YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you like what you hear, please share our content. Again, it really helps us to continue to create content we believe in. And remember, it's not what you say when everyone's listening, it's what you practice when no one is watching that makes all the difference. Obviously, I don't even know if people use photocopiers anymore. It's all printers and it's all digital and all those sorts of things. And um, so for those of you who are not aware of the concept, the idea was that if you had something that you photocopied, you would then photocopy from the original again. You know, you'd put the document on top of the photocopier and you'd just continue to photocopy. Because back in the day, in the early 1400s when uh, photocopiers were a thing, the quality of the printing could not always be guaranteed because... The technology was not there, I suppose. So what you were getting was sort of pale copies that would be frayed around the edges and you'd lose clarity and after a while you'd kind of been almost... It'd be impossible to see what the hell what the hell you were looking at. And um, I was kind of reflecting on, I guess, my martial arts journey and wondering, am I a pale comparison? of the people that have influenced me. Am I part of this um, photocopying, martial arts photocopying scheme? (laughs) And then it got me to thinking about what are the things that I've picked up from the people that I have trained with, been inspired by, so on and so forth. And um, for me, there's a couple of things. And uh, for the positives, I shall name, I shall name, with no shame. Uh, for the negatives, I'm probably not going to mention names, but if you know me well, or if you've been in the martial arts for a while, you can imagine the character type. So, uh, one of the things that springs to mind is that my uncle Ritsi was a massive influence in my early life, and there was a way that he had of talking to me as a young kid when he was training me and doing these backyard lessons that kind of has stayed with me. And I, I utilize it specifically uh, when I'm training young men, uh, young boys, because I have at this to date not been a young woman, so I'm not an expert 
uh, on their experience, but I am an expert with uh, with men, with males, because I've been one. <laughs> Although with varying degrees of success, I'm sure. Anyway, he had this thing, and what he would do was he would kind of call me dumb without calling me dumb. And uh, I know that sounds kind of like a double negative, but basically, basically what he would do is he would correct my mistakes and he would say to me, are you, have you got a brain? And I'd sort of sit there with this dumb kind of expression on my face. Have you, and he'd say, he'd repeat it. He goes, have you got a brain? And I'd go, uh, yes, like it was a question. And then he'd go, tap your head. And I'd put my hand up to my head and I'd give my head a couple of taps. And he says, is it hollow? And I went, no. He says, you've got a brain. And it's a good brain. Sometimes you don't use it. So you're not dumb. You just don't think things all the way through. And... You know, I've talked about this in other podcasts, but having someone who identifies the behavior, separates the behavior from the person, um, because, you know, having low self-esteem as a, as a younger man uh, and sort of having that experience, I was always used to owning mistakes and that oh, I didn't make a mistake, I am a mistake, so on and so forth. Without unpacking it too much, you get where I'm going with that. And kind of what happened was, he found this this way of motivating me and making me look at myself in a different way. And I try to honor that example because it had such a positive effect on my life. I think sometimes martial arts instructors become drill instructors. And I think if you're a good teacher, you become what the student needs. Um, you don't tell them what they want and you don't tell them uh, what they want to hear but you do find ways to communicate in a positive way that encourages them to make steps in their own life. Um, and so, yeah, that's my Letty. That's something I've picked up from him and, and I try to hold on to because I found it to be really, really good. Um, <laughs> there was a, I, I realised I was doing it the other day. There was, I, I trained, had an opportunity to train a bit with uh, Tiro Chanin Sensei and um, who has since passed away, um, the founder of Jundokan International, student of Ichi Miyazato, and, and to my mind, one of the one of the most innovative Gojiri practitioners I know I've ever trained with, and certainly a massive influence. Anyway, he had this thing where he would walk around before class or during class, all the students were standing there, and he put his hands behind his back and he kind of sort of walk back and forth as though he was kind of musing on some things. And it was just this kind of thing where it would create a feeling of disquiet in the students because I know for me, you didn't know what he was going to get you to do next. Um, so <laughs> I think I've kind of picked up on that, although it's totally an act. When I'm doing it, I'm probably going, oh my gosh, I'm panicking. Going, okay, what can we do next? What can we do next? Although I try to make it look cool. Um, what's another one? I mean, one of my favourite fighters, technically, was um, a great Kyokushin uh, instructor from uh, Brazil. And um, he was sort of in the Andy Hoog kind of era. And actually, they fought a few times. Um, and it's Francisco Fulijo, and he's from Brazil. Incredible fighter. Um, amazing flexibility, technique, and conditioning. Uh, he went into K1 for a while. And I just love watching him fight. There was just a, a fluidity and of his technique. He had a great uh, sweep technique. His kicks were beautiful to watch. His hands were strong. Um, just one of those people that I kind of, man, I'd love to have that relaxedness 
in terms of, of my technique. Um, <laughs> there was a particular instructor that I had early on who would um, be one of those guys. You know, you've had a friend who you say, oh, yeah, I um, went to a movie, a Russell Crowe movie, and they go, oh, yeah, I met Russell Crowe. Or, um, hey, look, I had a friend of mine who had a Ferrari. Oh, yeah, I, had a Lamborghini. I have a Lamborghini. Now, one of those always one-upmanship sort of people um, that you're sort of going, oh, yeah, this sounds like bullshit to me. Anyway, this particular instructor, who was a great instructor, good person, but had this thing about telling stories about all the fights that he'd been in. And after a while, you were kind of going, is that true or is that even possible? Um, and of course, it was always these stories in which he would end up telling you how he bested all these people and just you know put them to get you know took them apart. And sometimes it sounded like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, you know, I'm going to kill you last, you know, all that kind of carry on. And so I made a mental note of that. I have a tendency, if you ask Sensei Tower as well, <laughs> to ramble, which is why I'm doing a podcast, I suppose. Um, but I always remember that he would tell these stories and it would distract from the students. It would distract from what we were doing. Um, and no, I haven't. I, <laughs> I can't say that I've, I've got this, any stories worth telling, but I've always remembered that, hey, just stick with the training. Yes, try to be the, yeah, it's okay to be the funny guy, but do it later. Uh, gosh, what else? What else? Who else? I mean, there's so many people that I'm kind of influenced by. Who are you influenced by? Who are those? What are those mannerisms or those attitudes that you've kind of taken on that, um, for want of a better word, still infiltrate and sometimes inform the way that you view what you're doing, the martial art that you're doing? Um, I, I really liked um, the Gracie family. I really loved a lot of the early documentaries um, I think it's Hoist Gracie I think is it Hoist or Hoyla um, that did a wonderful um, documentary about going to what was effectively the first uh, UFC well UFC-esque event in Japan and he was doing his gymnastica which I think is a combination of uh, yoga uh, Brazilian uh, jiu-jitsu, uh, gymnastics, breathing exercises, it was amazing. And I just remember watching him train on the beach, and, and it wasn't so much the, his his scary ability as a fighter, but more the way that he trained, and I was going, Glenn, that would be a way to train. Um, another person that I really like is a movement guy um, who trained Conor McGregor. I didn't realise that until I was doing a little bit of research for, for a while, for a while, for a minute. Um, and... A guy called Ido Portal, and he does this kind of natural, natural movement. Of animal. I can't remember what they call it. I think they call it zoo. I can't remember. I may be getting that wrong, but it's about moving in a more holistic way. It's kind of a, a combination of core and um, animal-based, sort of emulation of animal-like movements and things like that. And I really like it. Um, I think is my with this knee injury. Um, before doing the podcast this morning, I was training, and you get to a certain point, and you have to stop because it becomes too sore, even with it raced up. And so, what I did was get on the floor and get the Swiss ball out and do some core work and stuff like that. But I like the idea of just moving, and sometimes I think we get away 
from using the full range of motion as martial artists. I know for me, particularly in karate, when I'm practicing karate, is that I'm moving in a very specific range. And whilst I get strong in certain areas, it's kind of like working your left hand, uh, working your left bicep out without working your right bicep, but it creates an imbalance. Um, so I like that idea. I, sometimes I, I think it's a really cool thing to do. And, and going back to Chen and Sensei, Chen and Sensei was very, very good at utilising the entire body. He had a different way of moving, practising kata. And if you had an opportunity to see him spar or kick the makiwara or those sort of things, you could just see the benefits of that wrought anyway. Uh I just want to you two and have a think about, if you would, to have a muse on next time you're in your gi or next time you're having a role or next time uh, you're teaching a class or being in a class or doing your own training, think about who are the people that have influenced your training, your mind, your attitude and all those sorts of things and whether or not that's a good thing. Think about what are the things you want to keep and what are the things that you want to let go? Because I think if you look at it in that way, you're going to find something worth keeping and there's going to come a time when you're going to be the person that is the influence on the student and you won't be the photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. <laughs>